Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Hey church, Pastor Adam here. So glad to be with you today as we walk through week four of our healthy series where we're looking at emotionally healthy spirituality. Today I'm going to speak to you on the subject of scripts and you may or may not realize this, but I am actually in fact a little bit of an actor. In fact, I spent a little bit of time um, in my past life before the ministry doing plays. In fact, there was a season where I played um, the donkey from Shrek. Come on, Shrek. I'm not, a, I'm not a donkey. I'm a royal steed. Get me a falafel. There was times where I played a role named, named Pecos Bill, and it sounded a little bit of something like, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Pecos Bill, and I'm here to tell you the tale from long ago. I've played um, a T-bird in, in the movie Grease, and by the movie I definitely mean the high school play, and uh, did a whole number of different, different plays and things. But the worst experience of my life, if I could be a little bit dramatic just for a moment, was the day I was playing one of the lead roles, and it was opening night. And the emotion was in the room, the adrenaline was in the room, the people were beginning to fill up, the curtains were getting ready to open. I was standing there backstage getting ready to share my lines when everything went blank. And I couldn't remember anything. And the truth is, I didn't prepare enough. I wasn't ready. And sheepishly, I pulled my script out of my pocket, put it in my hands, hands shaking, curtains open, and read my lines for the entirety of the play. I felt like such a loser. And in that moment, I learned something very fascinating about scripts. You see, depending on how well you know it or how well you don't know it, how you interact with a script impacts how you tell a story. And the truth is, when it comes to the human experience, when it comes to life, We are the conglomeration of many different scripts. And every day, day in and day out, constantly, we are living out different scripts that have impacted and influenced our our entire upbringing. And I want to speak specifically today about the subject of Christian identity. Because I think if we look at scripts through this lens, you might be able to catch what I'm trying to throw to you right now. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. If you don't have your Bible, the words will be on the screen. But it says this in verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And this is actually a very profound statement. Because what it's saying, what it's implying, what what it is articulating very clearly right before us is if you're a Christian, you're a child of God. To be a Christian is to be a son or daughter of God. And that's a profound thought. It's not intuitive. Verse 15, it says, You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. In other words, what Paul is trying to communicate here is he's saying, listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen, flip the script. Christianity is not about becoming a fearful slave. Christianity is not about obedience to this angry uh, slave master. Christianity is about a personal relationship with God the Father. He says, 
So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. In other words, to be a Christian is to be adopted into the family of God. That's the picture of Christian identity that Paul is trying to paint right here. He says, now you can call him Abba Father. Now, obviously, this isn't ABBA as in the Swedish rock band ABBA, because if it was, it would be Dancing King, because Jesus is the king, not Dancing Queen. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. But it's ABBA Father. And when we teach the Alpha Course, what we talk about is to translate ABBA Father into the English, English language is similar to the words Daddy, only without the childish connotations. So it's a very personal word. A very familial, very relational, very, very kind of intimate word that you would use for your own relationship with God. Is that how you see yourself? Is that how you see your relationship with God? Because if you're a Christian, what I'm reading here it says that you are a son or daughter of God. Verse 16. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And I love this picture that's painted. This, this heaven and earth, his spirit, our spirit, supernatural, natural, and this, this, this intertwining, this enmeshment, this, this, this beautiful harmony that begins to take place. And in verse 17, it says, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. And that is a really profound statement. Because not only are these verses implying that we have a new identity in Christ, well, they also imply that we have a new inheritance because of Christ. It implies that everything changes. But the truth is, everything changes, sort of. Everything can change, everything does change, but not everything will change if we don't take ownership. And let me, let me explain what I mean here. You see, in my world, I've come to understand a little bit about adoption. And when it comes to adoption, you need to understand some common misconceptions. And this may be, this, may, this is maybe for the person who's watching for the first time. This may be, could for, be for somebody who's been a Christian for years and just, has just never really thought about what adoption really means when it comes to spiritual adoption into the family of God. But one common misconception is this. When you are adopted into the family of God, yes, you receive a new identity but you don't actually receive a new body. And some of you are staying there on the other side of the screen. Well, duh, pastor, we get that. But I need you to actually think about it just for a moment. You get a new identity, but you don't get a new body. You are still you. This whole idea of becoming a new creation in Christ, this whole idea of becoming a son or daughter you see, at the point of salvation, at the point where, where, where you become a Christian, your spirit is perfected. But your mind, your body, your soul, they remain the same. They're, they're in need still of transformation. Like, when you become a Christian, when, you, when your identity is, I, I'm a son of God, I'm a child of God, I'm a daughter of the king, whatever, you still have a past, right? Right? 
When you become a Christian, you still have a mortgage to pay. You, you, still, have, you still have relationships. You still have hardships. You still have brokenness. You still have, if I'm going to be honest, you still got love handles because your body is imperfected instantly. Again, can I get another amen? But what you need to understand here is that this misconception oh, can frustrate the way you see God's freedom. Because what this implies is that you can be free, like spiritually free, but physically bound still at the same time. And that's a tough pill to swallow as we navigate figuring out what that actually means in our day-to-day life. The other misconception I want to highlight today for you is this whole idea of birthright. Because you see, when we are adopted into the kingdom of God, yes, we receive a new birthright. But we do not receive a new birth story. The way of our family of origin, like, like, like our roots are our roots for a reason. And they, they impact who we are. And they influence who we are. And they, and they, and they shape who we are. I heard it said like this one time. Jesus lives in your heart, but it's your parents that live in your bones. And you see, as grown-ups, the problem is this. As grown-ups, it's easy to forget the impact of actually growing up. It's easy to overlook the impact of our relationship with our mom, our relationship with our dad, the way our family handled subjects like money or conflict or relationships. And the way they navigated those arenas, the way they navigated those subjects, all impact who we are today. It's all actually connected. We have a new birthright, sure. We still have the same birth story. And the process of redeeming that is not instant. It takes time. The third one, I'm going to close with this, is that when you are adopted into God's family, you receive a new future. And we all get behind that because that sounds really good. I got a new future, yes! But what you don't receive is a new past. Our past is there. Our past is connected to us. Now, you got to understand what I'm not saying and what I am saying. When you become a Christian, Jesus forgives all the sins of your past. Your, your spirit is perfected. It's all wiped clean. You're, you're no longer accountable. Like, like, like between you and God, you're good. You're in the clear. Everything's fresh. It is beautiful. It is right. But your mind, your body, your soul, when you become a Christian, God doesn't erase your human experiences. God doesn't erase all the bumps and bruises, all the dings, dings and dents. God doesn't erase the mileage that you put on the car. You still have to figure out how to work within that to navigate how to get from here to there. Peter Scazzaro, in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, speaks to this subject in, uh, on page 77 of his book, and he says these words. He says, We often overestimate the deep, unconscious imprint our families of origin leave on us. In fact, my observation is that it is only as we grow older that we realize the depths of their influence. 
And then goes on to say, these behavioral patterns operate under a set of commandments, if you were. Some of them are spoken and explicit, but most are unspoken. They were hardwired into our brains and DNA, so much that uh, apart from the intervention of God himself and biblical discipleship, we simply bring these expectations into our closest relationships as adults. In other words, it's entirely possible that as a Christ follower, as a child of God, a son or daughter of the King, it's entirely possible that although we follow Christ, we unconsciously follow various other scripts that may have impacted our lives throughout the years as we were growing up, as we were developing in our young age, as we were experiencing life as a young adult, as an adult. All these stories overlap and intersect. And one of the things we're going to do today is Pastor Darren, our counseling pastor, myself, we're going to have a conversation about some of these, what we're going to call the, the, the commandments of the family. And the way some of these scripts have kind of impacted or can potentially impact your life today. And so in that process, in that interview, I want to encourage you to allow God, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Because maybe, just maybe, there may be scripts in your life that you're believing, scripts that you're living by, that are causing you more harm than good. That in essence, without even realizing, aren't very biblical at all. And as we wrap up here today, I feel as though I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't touch on that last point one final time. You see, this whole idea of God can change our future, but we still have our past. You see, for some of you, maybe you didn't grow up going to church. Or maybe as you look out at the circumstances of society, you think to yourself, oh my goodness, I need something to change. I need to, I need to flip the script. I need to start a new story. Friend, no, no amount of... of psychobabble, no amount of self-help, no amount of, of, of relationships, no amount of success, none of these things are going to fill that void. What you need is Jesus. Who you need is Jesus. And I invite you, you can text the number that's on your screen right now, and one of our volunteers would love to follow up with you and help you um, contextualize what it means to be a Christian in 2021. Or maybe you're even watching church online right now. And if that's you, I invite you to click that raise a hand button on the side of your screen there. And one of our volunteers, again, are going to reach out to you and help you figure out how to navigate these waters, this circumstance, this season that you find yourself in. Friends, there is hope in Jesus. What's written in this book matters today. God's got a plan for your life. The story isn't over. 2020 was hard. But God's not finished yet. It's 2021. It's a new year. Let's believe God for something more. Can I pray for you? Jesus, thank you that you're real. Thank you that, Father, you use our stories. <laughs> thank you that you specialize in using broken people to reach broken people. Thank you, Lord, that you can use our broken scripts to, to, to change and impact the way that other people's lives are impacted. God, help us to breathe light, to bring truth, to bring hope to all the people that surround us. 
And specifically for ourselves today, I pray that you would help us to see the light that you bring in our world, in our context. Father, we need you. We thank you that you're real. We thank you that you're here right now. In your name we pray. Amen.